And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. If you're listening to my show, you're looking for tips on how to work smarter, not harder. And let's be real, you're already working hard to earn your money, but how do you make sure that your money is working hard for you? Here's how. With a Betterment Automated Investment and Savings app, your money will go to work. They've got technology that will provide you with advanced tools, and they're built to help maximize your returns, not to mention your time. They have expert-built portfolios of low-cost exchange-traded funds. You know I love those exchange-traded funds. There's automated investing technology, and as part of that, automated rebalancing. Many of you have been asking about rebalancing, and it sort of feels like a hard thing to do on your own. With Betterment, easy peasy. They do it for you. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Learn more about high-yield cash accounts at Betterment.com. Investing involves risk, Performance is not guaranteed. Cash reserve offered through Betterment LLC and Betterment Securities. Betterment is not a bank. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential and then through some elbow grease, fresh installs and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own? Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. So there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome to the Jill on Money podcast. It's Friday, October 29th. I know you're all getting excited for Halloween weekend. Go out and get your candy. Be good. You know, all those urban legends about like, don't take an apple because people put razor blades in them. I don't know if that was ever really a thing. Was it? Needles and candy. Yeah, I don't think any of that happened. But anyway, be careful just because people are nuts anyway. If you've got a financial question, why don't you head to our website, jillonmoney.com, click on the contact button. Kyle writes, I'm looking for your thoughts on the potential purchase of a second home, and it's currently owned by family. Okay. So I am 37. My wife is 34. We have gross income of, wow, $450,000 a year. They max out 403B and backdoor Roths. She maxes an HSA. And I have a 457 plan. I do that for the 3% match. Three kids, nine, six, and two. And they've got a great start in their 529s. They have a $500,000 mortgage left on a primary residence that's valued at $800,000, 3% mortgage rate. They've got three months in cash reserves in a money market. Uh, they also have $300,000 in a brokerage account that could be used as a down payment. Okay, so this lake property, it's about $625,000. A sale would be from, uh, at about 18 months from today. What do you think, Mark? Should we buy a second home? 
I feel that way too. I need more information um, because one, you you know, obviously you've got great income and you've got this money in the brokerage account, but here's what I need to know. How much money have you saved? We're missing a lot of the big information. So Kyle, can you, can you follow up pretty please and tell us how much money do you have in all your retirement accounts? How much money is in the HSA? How much money is in the 529 plans? Give us that information. And then I think we could do a better analysis on your behalf. Um, okay. Ariella says, I love your podcast. My husband and I are 15 years away from retirement. They're both 48. Okay. They've got one and a quarter million dollars in pre-tax retirement funds, $30,000 in a Roth IRA, and they were planning to use for college. Another $35,000 in investments and savings. They owe $475,000 on a 30-year mortgage. The value of the home is 910000 They have an eight-year-old. Okay. Oh my God, this is like the um, show of second homes. Here's the question. I'd love to purchase a mountain home about 90 minutes away and use it for vacation and also as an Airbnb. It's a popular area. Houses are around $300,000. Here's the plan. Borrow the down payment from our equity and stop contributing to our 401ks to cover the mortgage until the Airbnb takes off. We currently contribute $1,500 to the 401k, so that would cover the monthly payment, including taxes and insurance, if we didn't have anyone rent. My thought process is that our current 401k balance will likely triple over the next 15 years. So we'll have more than enough to retire, even if we never put another penny in. My husband is much more conservative and isn't on board with this plan at all. (laughs) What's your opinion? Um, Mark, this is one that I'm going to very easily say, no way, no way do I buy into this plan. I am with your husband. What about you, Mark? It's three against one. Mark votes with your husband also. Here's why. You're too young. And for, for let's let's go for some of your assumptions. You know, your money's not tripling in, you know, because of the rule of 72. That's not like what has to happen. That could happen, but it may not happen. So tell me what would happen if you ended up with two and a half million dollars in the next 15 years. And how much do you live on? Yeah, exactly. And what if the Airbnb doesn't take off? This is I think this is a bad plan. So if you want to purchase your mountain home, here's what you should be doing. You should keep saving. And see if you can do it. And like, let's get this, you know, and also the kid is so young, eight years old. Where's the money for the education fund? I think it's a bad plan. Puts everyone at risk. And um, no, three to one, you lose. Sorry. She'll never write back. Now it's going to be very bad, Mark, you see. (laughs) Yeah, just lost one. Uh, Husband, keep listening. Okay. Bill... His subject is, is Roth always the answer? Hey, Mark and Jill, question. Is a Roth 401k always the way to go? I just changed my contributions to a Roth last week because I have major FOMO (laughs) and regret not doing it sooner. I've been traditional for years thinking I'm in a high tax bracket and the tax benefit of reducing my taxable income was good. I've yet to hear Jill, and I listen to each podcast every day, recommend a traditional 401k. What's up with that? My wife and I make 315 grand combined. So isn't the thought that I'll be in a lower tax bracket when I retire? I do have, I mean, listen, sometimes we have done a traditional 
you you make $315,000 combined. You're in the 32% tax bracket. So will you be in a lower tax bracket when you retire? Maybe, but maybe you won't be. Maybe when you receive Social Security and you're pulling money out of your traditional accounts because you have to actually do that because it's required that your tax bracket will actually still be pretty high. So I need to know more about like really how old you are, what's going on. But the the main part of the Roth, the, the benefit of the Roth is that the money's already been taxed and you know what that tax liability is. Some of that money, I think it's good to know, like if you maybe you have a big brokerage account and you don't need to do the Roth, that's fine too. But um, the reality is that what we've seen and when talking to people and pounding out the numbers that for many people, not everyone, that having some Roth money, money that's already been taxed, makes it much easier to navigate some of the decisions you are going to be making during your retirement. Okay. Now, this is from, what's a long one from Bill. I love the podcast. I listen at home or in the car whenever I can. Three basic questions. How much do I really make? How much do I need in retirement? Am I doing okay? I think that's pretty much everyone. Okay. He is 45 single active duty member of the U.S. military with 15 years in. It's been a good career so far, and I definitely plan on staying in at least 20 years so I get the military pension. I've done some retirement calculators. I think I'm doing okay, but I end up getting stymied on a few things. Okay. Number one, I'm stationed in a high cost of living metro area. I don't live in military housing, so I receive a pretty sizable amount each month for housing that is tax-free. Do I put all this money towards housing? Nope, but I do consider it to be income, even though it doesn't get reported on my returns each year. There are some tools online that allow me to figure out what the equivalent civilian pay would need for me to have the same amount of take-home pay, but the results seem absurdly high, but maybe they're right. Number two, I think I'm a pretty good saver, but I got a late start at age 30. I invest in a thrift savings plan and put real money into a Roth IRA at a large brokerage house. I think I know what I'll need in after-tax income to continue to live comfortably each month, but I don't know how taxes will work with military retirement. Number three, I don't know exactly when I will retire, but I'm hoping to do somewhere in my mid-50s, which means I'll have a few years to cover before I turn 59 and a half. I expect to work part-time for fun in retirement. What should I do to fund my accounts properly for the gap years? I have little sense of what tax bracket I will be in upon retirement, so there's that as well. Okay, Bill... Um, Oh, let me just say his PS. Your rant about your time in Las Vegas was spot on. I can't wait to take leave and travel again. But wow, I'm not loving these entitled jerks on airplanes and those who won't get vaccinated or wear a mask indoors at this crucial juncture. Very frustrating. It will only prolong the struggle of getting on top of this disease. Thank you, Bill. Um, Let's talk about Bill. This is an interesting situation. So first thing that I that pops out at me is that You've got your money that's going into a Roth IRA with a big brokerage firm. Can this person help you at that firm? I have a feeling you're paying the person. I think you need some planning. My sense is that, you know, generally speaking for financial planning, for those folks who are in the military, what I do is I take the housing expense and I know you're, you are banking part of it. So just like look at the amount of money you're actually spending on housing. 
and add that into your need. So you then you, you our big concern is what is it that you will need? Then we can answer all the other questions. So if you are spending $100,000 or $120,000 a year, and then on top of that, you're getting $30,000 in a housing benefit. What you look at is you say, okay, what am I spending of this? You know, you should run through your expenses, keep track of them for maybe 90 days and forget about the income. Let's just look at the spending and the expense side. And then we can flip it around and say, here's what I need. Maybe you need, you know, maybe you don't need $120,000 a year or 150,000. Maybe what your real need is $85,000 a year. So what you should be doing is saving enough to be able to pay whatever gap there will be between what you could earn part-time and what you will actually need before you turn 59 and a half. So it is a very simple planning question. I feel like you're getting yourself a little too much in your head around this. Go with the very easy part first. What do I need to live on? Forget about the, the, the income side. What do I need to live on? What do I need to live on? Where I'm living now? Would I want to stay in this area? And once we have that number, we can do everything else. Am I missing something, Mark? I mean, he's going to have a pension. And I think he'll also have Social Security as well, because if he, especially if he's going to keep working. Yeah, Mark says that you're probably going to need to stash away some cash also, which I think is a good thing to consider. Because when you have... Uh, a period of time between when a pension is starting, social security is starting, or required minimum distributions are starting. You need to fund those gap years with money, hopefully that's already been taxed. So I think that saving money in a brokerage account, it may be even better than using the Roth for you right now. Maybe we need to start building up that brokerage account, cash reserve, and really think, what is it that I will need and when am I going to need it? Okay. Here is from Gary who says, I listened to a few podcasts. Yours is my favorite. Oh, that's very nice. Thank you, Gary. I've tried to do a lot of internet research. I cannot find an answer to my specific retirement income question. Okay. When I retire, I will need to tap my many mutual funds and or individual stocks to supplement social security. What's the best way to spend down mutual funds and stocks? Do I take an equal percentage out of every single one every month? No, don't do that. That's my answer. Are some mutual funds and some stocks preferred to sell or reduce so I can live off the money? Between me and my wife, we own about 20 different mutual funds and 20 individual stocks. The easy part will be to have the mutual fund company send me the dividends and interest and capital gains every month, but that won't be enough to live on. So I am going to have to spend down part of my principal. That's my question. Which principal? Only the stock funds or only the bond funds or only the index funds or just sell off the stocks as I need and don't touch the mutual funds. Thank you very much. Okay. Are these funds in retirement accounts or non-retirement accounts? That's number one. Okay because there would be a slightly different strategy if you were to do one versus the other. But in general, what I would suggest is this. You would want to rebalance your funds once a year. And when you're rebalancing, when you want to get that allocation into check, you just take some of the money and just say, I'm going to sell 
uh, some of the stock position and maybe I'll pick a couple of the individual stocks. I'm not an individual stock picker, but I do think that um, reducing your number of holdings would be very good for you because it's so complicated right now to have all this stuff that is floating around in your financial life and managing it is a problem. So I would really probably start doing the individual stocks unless there's such a huge tax hit to do any of this that we're going to have to have a better strategy overall. But I mean, look, there's going to be a tax hit no matter what. There should be a strategy involved in how you're going to do this. It would, to me, the most important thing would be to try to reduce the number of holdings overall to make your lives easier. Mark, I can't believe it. It's the end of the show. How did that happen so quickly? It goes by so quickly and we are always so happy to do it. If you have a financial question, if you have a retirement question, a tax question, are you a career changer? Have you done something really different with your life post-COVID? Any of those things, any of those questions, um, any of those issues, anything that needs a little bit of hand-holding or kick in the tush, we are here for you. Mark and I love answering your questions. Go to jillonmoney.com, click the contact button, and please just say, hey, I want to come on the air with you because that's uh, it always makes it a little bit more interesting. And then we never have to say, oh, follow up, right? Of course, you can subscribe to this podcast wherever you get podcasts. Maybe you pass it along to some people. Anyway, uh, it is Friday, and so we do a little business on Friday. Our music here at Jill on Money is composed by the wonderful Joel Goodman. Mark Talercio is our executive producer. We are distributed by Cadence 13. Try to do something nice for someone else today, and we are so happy that you are listening to us. We really are grateful for that. Remember that our mantra here on the program is grit, growth, grace, and we will talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow. 